Oh, good Lord. Well, welcome back, everybody. Welcome to or welcome back to uh, Tuesday Bro Tuesday. You know, this used to be a live call-in show. It's not going to be. It probably never will be again. But damn it, I just like to remind people that we tried. We really tried to make that work. Hang on. Hang on. How do you even know what show you're watching? That's right. That's right. Oh, it's on this side. Tuesday Bro Tuesday. That's the show we're watching. What we do these days is we kind of unpack a little bit of the news as it relates to vaping and tobacco harm reduction in the world of tobacco control. I uh, First and foremost, I say this every time, first and foremost, I am a freedom guy. I'm a registered libertarian, and that's the, the lens that all of this is going to get viewed through. I'm a freedom guy. I try to avoid a lot of like divisive political talk on here, although sometimes we do tend to get just a little bit political. There's enough division and nonsense in the world right now, and I don't need to be contributing to that. I believe in, I believe in helping each other. I believe in kindness. What up, Jesse? What up, fam? Uh, appreciate you guys being here. Michelle Lynn's here. Addie Tooney is here. And hopefully my main man, Jeremy V, will be in the chat because he, I don't know how he does it for Tuesdays, he will try to get us some timestamps. So anybody watching on the replay, those timestamps, if there are any, you know, <laughs> if there are any timestamps, those timestamps will be... Uh, those. Uh, Legion Vape sent you, Irishman? I appreciate that. <laughs> I appreciate that. Um, those timestamps will be the first pinned comment right underneath this video. Um, Desfati Bridge has a, uh, has a question right out of the gate in the chat. Is there a libertarian running for president in 2020? Oh, you bet your ass there is. Joe Jorgensen's running for president in 2020. I'm never going to tell you who to vote for. I'm just going to tell you to vote your hopes. And let me tell you, my vote, my hopes lie my hopes lie with Joe Jorgensen. Check her out. She had some. Uh, she had some. She actually had some really nice things to say about vaping. Let me see if I can find what she said. Uh, what did she say about vaping? I thought I had a picture of it somewhere, didn't I? Didn't I have something like that about Joe? Good old Joe Jorgensen. No, I guess I deleted it. Damn it! I guess I deleted the picture of uh, for Joe Jorgensen. Yeah, but she's uh, very freedom-minded, uh, a very individual liberty-minded. She's uh, she's running for president. Very pro vaping, very pro vaping presidential candidate. Could we could possibly elect the first female president? I, I uh, you got to vote your hopes, right? You got to vote your hopes, everybody. There's just been uh, there's just been so much going on, and I think I say this every Tuesday. I think I say this every Tuesday, bro. Tuesday is just in a real weird mood today, you know. Just in a real weird mood today. Most of the week, you know, I can focus on a lot of things. You know, when I'm trying to do reviews and I'm focusing on reviews and when I'm editing a podcast or I'm editing videos, then that's what I focus on. Or when I'm prepping the vlog and I'm doing, you know, I'm getting together segments and things like this, that's what I can focus on. But whenever we come to Tuesday Bro Tuesday, good evening to you, Big Red Vapor Channel. Whenever we're coming to Tuesday Bro Tuesday, I always... uh. I'm delving so much into the news, so much in, you know, I'm just waist deep in, in research and articles and reading these studies that I have no business reading because I barely have a high school education, you know, and I'm trying to read and disseminate all of this information and think about how can I get this clearer and concise? How can I communicate this to my subscribers that would be in like a helpful, like a genuinely helpful way. And I just, 
it always puts me, it always just puts me in a real, real weird mood. I did miss you, Miller Man Chris. I definitely did miss you. Um, let's do a couple super chats right out of the gate. I saw there were a few here. Living hints, a little tidbit for the channel. Nick, to get things started, a big yo yo, happy wife, happy life parable. Yeah. I appreciate that, living hints. Uh, Ranger man, very gracious of you. Who do we trust? I trust my own body. O2 levels up in my blood. No more smokers cough. That's the facts on vaping I need. Who do we trust? You know, Ranger man, it's an excellent question. I don't even know. I don't know who to trust anymore. I don't know who we can trust anymore as a society. Can, Can we trust our leaders can we trust uh, the Centers for Disease Control? Oh, can we trust uh, the World Health Organization? Ah, can we? Can we trust our duly elected officials? Can we trust them? I don't know. I don't know who we can trust anymore. I saw that Coil Turd's here. Appreciate you being here, bro. I don't know who we can trust anymore. I would love to think that you can trust me, but I don't want to fail you, you know? I try to, I said this before a really long time ago in 2009 is, I'm not gonna have all the answers and I'm never gonna have all of the answers. All I can do and all I have ever done is look at the information around me, Get, get from sources that you agree with. Get from sources you don't agree with. Try to get to the bottom of the truth and then make a decision based on as much information as you can possibly gather. Make a decision based on literally as much information. This is me, <laughs> this is me just grabbing information you know, from the internet as it flows out of my computer. Grab as much information as you can and then make a decision based on that. And don't be afraid to change your mind. Don't be afraid to change your decision based on new available evidence, data, information, studies, things like this. It doesn't make you a hypocrite to change your mind or change your position on things. It just means you're growing as a person and you're thinking critically about things. Rising Phoenix Vapory, what do you have to say to me today? Okay, Chris Huller. I don't want to skip over Chris Huller there, bro. This stream tastes like freedom. Yeah, it does taste like freedom. You know what else tastes like freedom? Some freaking God juice. Ah, love the taste of freedom. Love the taste of adult choice. Love the taste of at least 95% less harmful than burning combustible tobacco cigarettes. Rising Phoenix Vapory. Is Tuesday, bro, Tuesday rat? Technically, yes, but so what? I know, so what? Just who? Ca- <laughs> Just so what? Who cares? Am I running a little hot right now? I feel like my microphone is. Uh, I'm gonna I'm gonna turn myself down just a little bit right there. I notice I peaked, peaked. Ha 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 ha. Mic check, mic check one. Turn it up a little bit. Mic check two. I peaked out really hard right there a couple of times. Peaked out real hard right there a couple of times. Uh, Steven in the chat, I feel your pain. I couldn't sleep at all last night, so I couldn't work yesterday, but Tuesday, bro, Tuesday has got me in a better mood. Just remember that we are all here for you, Nick. Yeah, you know, I I really do. I really do appreciate that. Uh, More than you guys being there for me, I want it to be very well known that 
I am here for you. <laughs> I'm here for you. I need you guys and I don't, you don't need me, but I want to be here for you. I want to try to get you good information. I want to try to, you know, disseminate and, and go through articles and things like that. There's a lot to discuss today. I'm going to tell you what kicked it all off. There's two things that kind of kicked off my train of thought today. Um, what was that Poon Sauce? I got a, I got a super chat here from uh, my, my good buddy, my good, my good buddy Poon Sauce McNasty. That's right. You've elevated yourself to the status of good buddy. Uh, knowing this will go to Casa as well worth the $10. Keep fighting the good fight, my friend. Uh, Texas belt buckle. Don't say that. And that money, well, sure. Yeah, I guess eventually that money's going to go to Casa. I guess that's one of the first things. That... Oh, look at that. I appreciate Thank you guys for just jumping on right there. I appreciate it. I don't know what happened. I really don't know what happened. That was bizarre. So last week we had uh, last week we had Alex Clark on the program, Alex Clark from Casa, and I felt like it was a really I know the first audio dangle clack. I felt like it was a really, really good interview. I was really, really happy with the way it went. We had we had a great conversation about Casa and what they do and harm reduction and what that accomplishes and tobacco control and just lots of things. Unfortunately, it was just Dangle Clack City. His video and audio just kept skipping all over the place. I couldn't even turn it into a podcast. There was very little to work with because the audio levels were so all over the place, so all over the place. I couldn't even turn it into a podcast. Um, but I, I thought it was really, really great. And I had set up the stream the night before with my buddy uh, Flitz on you, who is, uh, he's a Twitch guy. He's a, he's a small time Twitch gamer guy. He plays the Sims over there on the, uh, on the Twitch. And, uh, you know, I've watched a couple of his streams. It, you know, it's not necessarily something for me, but uh, he's a good guy. He's actually been in the vape industry uh, quite a long time or vape uh, community, I should say. Never really jumped into the industry there, but uh, I had the stream all set up and ready to go. And it was working flawlessly. Alex Clark came on. I got the stream all set up with Alex. It was looking and sounding. I mean, you guys, flawless, perfectly flawless. And then as soon as I hit stream, it was like the universe just said, nope, here's some dangle clacks, man. And just smacked dangle clack hammer on my head and the whole stream just went full potato. But what we did do was we raised some money for Casa. All of the super chats last week went to Casa, and uh, we got uh, we got three hundred and uh, something dollars there for Casa. Where's where's the total number here? Yeah, I can't see it. It's too small. Three hundred and sixty nine bucks. That's how much we raised for Casa. Uh, I rounded up to three hundred and sixty nine dollars from like three hundred and sixty five dollars, I think. Plus there was some conversion there with some foreign uh, foreign uh, currencies that I wasn't super familiar with. So if it was like ten New Zealand dollars, I just said, okay, that's you know that's ten bucks, whatever. You know, I'll just round it up to to whatever the American dollar is. Don't really care. But we ended up raising a little over three hundred bucks for Casa. So I. Went ahead and donated that to Casa today. I just wanted to prove that I can put my money where my mouth is. <laughs> and we donated all the Super Chat money. Uh, all the Super Chat money went to Casa last week. And uh, that's fantastic. I, I love raising money for Casa. Um, I started or I'm going to start. It's weird the way that they do it. They won't let me take it out of my bank account. It has to go through PayPal. But that doesn't much matter. Just a monthly $10 donation to Casa, I think would be... Uh, 
I think would be a huge, huge, huge thing. Had a couple more super chats here happen. Uh, Logan Exhale says that you're not, your hair looks nice today, and I appreciate you. Logan, I appreciate you too. I don't care what Vaping360 said about you on Twitter. I think that's messed up, man. <laughs> Nobody likes you, Logan. I realize I look a goofily ridiculous drinking out of this water bottle, but uh, I'm waiting for the flip-top straw to arrive. Thank you so much for being here, Logan. Matt Sinister, yo, yo, voice chat going during TBT. Come hang out. Dude, I can't come hang out in the yo, yo, voice chat while, <laughs> while I'm on Tuesday, bro, Tuesday, Matt Sinister. That would, be, uh, that would be all sorts of crazy, all sorts of crazy dangle clacks. <laughs> all sorts of crazy dangle clacks. So I guess uh, one of the first things that I wanted to mention here is there is a survey. There is a survey happening here, um, and this is for um, smokers that were not heavy smokers, but now you are vapors. If you were not a heavy vapor, what, there's too many super chats happening. I want to get this survey out there. It's a sur oh come on, Chrome. What are you doing? Oh, should I show YouTube studio? No, that doesn't make any sense. Yeah, this is the one that I want. Yes, this one. There we go. This is a questionnaire on vaping and smoking habits and self-reported respiratory symptoms survey for vapors and smokers. So this survey, if you want to be part of the solution and you want to fill out, uh, help fill out a survey, help do some science, as it were, for the vaping world, you can jump on this. I'll put a link in the description for this. This is for smokers that this is for vapors actually that were not heavy smokers. One of the things that they're trying to uh, differentiate is the harm solely, solely from vaping. A lot of the studies that are out now show that vaping is much, much less harmful for you, but the actual harm is really hard to nail down because the overwhelming majority of vapors are or were, you know, smokers for very long periods of their life. So what they're trying to do is get vapors who were not heavy smokers, less than 1,000 cigarettes total. Less than 1,000 cigarettes total. So if you think that you fall into that category, if you think, ah, I've smoked less than 1,000 cigarettes and now I vape, this is, the this is the survey. This is the survey for you. This is the survey for you. There's also another survey going on here. I wish I had that Joe Jorgensen picture. I can't believe I deleted that. Hang on. Let me try to find it again. Let me try. Maybe I was just looking in the wrong folder. You know, I looked in one folder and I just kind of gave up. Okay, yeah, I definitely deleted it. And that is, uh, that's a huge bummer, man. Had Joe Jorgensen talking about... Uh, Talking about vaping. She's a huge vaping supporter. Nope. Okay. Cancel. Cancel. Sorry. You're not going to get to hear from Joe Jorgensen. I'm going to try to track that down again and I'll put it up on the, uh, I'll put it up there. Uh, anyway, the, uh, there's another survey here as well. Is this, this one, come on. Queen Mary University of London. This is regarding COVID-19 survey, July, 2020 says nothing is known about the effects of vaping on the probability of contracting COVID-19 and on its effects of the severity of the illness. 
We are trying to collect information on this so that vapors can receive appropriate advice. If you could fill in this brief questionnaire, it would be much appreciated. The more vapors will respond, the more useful the survey will be. We will let you know the survey results. Important, we are inviting all vapors to fill in this form, not just those who had the infection. Please fill in the form, whether you had the infection or not. By filling in this form, you are consenting to participate in the survey to view the participants. So there you go. There's another survey. I'm going to have that link uh, down in the description of this video as well. So two surveys right out of the gate. Let me do a couple of these super chats because I thought I saw a pretty big number come in there. Oh, it was from Beecher Howard. Uh, Evan. Evan left us a super chat. Very gracious of you. He says, I'm voting for George Jorgensen because she's anti-FDA. Yep, one of the many reasons that we're voting for Joe Jorgensen is because she's anti-FDA. Yes, vote your hopes. Vote your hopes. Rodney C., that's very gracious of you. Been a member of CASA since the beginning up at VaporCon West. Thanks for all you do. Yeah, absolutely, Rodney C. Now, is that Rodney C. from Chicago? Do I know you, Rodney C.? I think I know you, Rodney C. Um, Beecher Howard, wow. Beecher Howard flexing some muscle there, flexing some monetary muscle there. Uh, Can I have a motherfucking T-shirt? Yes, you can. I will send you a T-shirt. As soon as we get more in stock, tell me your T-shirt size. I'll send you a mother effing T-shirt. No problem. I'll send you a T-shirt. I'll send you a snapback if... If you post pictures on Instagram, that's all I care about. (laughs) That's all I care about is posting pictures on Instagram. Uh, Sexy King Phil, very gracious of you. Grim, you rock a goatee better than my dad. Okay, well, shit, I'll take it. This is all I can grow. This is it. This is the limit of my facial hair ability. I've tried to grow beards in the past, and I just end up, you know, looking like a a transient. I just end up looking like a like a homeless person, and it's it's bad. It doesn't grow in. It grows in real spotty. You know. Thank you, uh, thank you to you know whoever in my family gave me those genetics, but I just can't grow anything. It never connects. Grows in real patchy. I can, if I really wanted to, probably grow a really really solid neck beard, but. That's just not my style, you know? I'm, I'm not a 17th century politician. <laughs> so I have no need, I have no desire to grow, uh, to grow a neck beard there. But yeah, Beecher, that, very gracious of you. And Sexy King Phil, very gracious of you as well. So we got those two surveys there that are happening. Um, one more thing I wanted to mention real quick here as we get into things. Uh, we had a new tweet from... Uh, Democratic congressional hopeful Henry Martin. Now, we've talked about him in the past, and we're going to talk about him just a little bit again right now. I'm not sure if, uh, if, if a lot of people are on Twitter. If you're not on Twitter, you should definitely get on Twitter. It's the place to be right now. But Democratic congressional hopeful Henry Martin has been a, a big champion of vaping and harm reduction. He's posted out a few tweets now about vaping, a few tweets out now about harm reduction. He was talking about how, uh, you know, in the military, when he was serving in the military, he wished that, uh, that his, uh, you know, fellow military dudes had access to vaping products. He said, you know, they would all smoke, you know, and it was the choice between, well, you can take a smoke break or you can do manual hard labor. So people would just start smoking in the military and how it would 
fill the barracks with just stink of, of cigarettes and this, that, and the other. Oh yeah. Hydro hydrate. And it would, it would fill up the, and it would stink for days and days and how he wished they had access to, to sweet smelling vapor products. He said, I'd mother, I'd rather, I would rather, I would much rather. Hi, welcome to talking GD. Maybe I do need to hydrate. Thank you, Michelle Lynn. Let's hydrate hydro homies. He said, I'd much rather have the barracks smell like a strawberry cheesecake than stale, you know, stale fucking cigarettes and things like that. Well, he tweeted out again and he's asking for some, uh, you know, he's asking for some money. So if this is, feels like something that you would want to donate money to, to help get this guy into Congress, he tweeted recently and said, a DC insider told me today that if I want to win, I need to stop talking about vape and harm reduction because no one that matters cares. I told him he has no clue what he's talking about. Can you chip in 420 to send someone to Congress who cares? Look, I'm not from uh, I'm not from the great state of Missouri, but if I was from the great state of Missouri, I'd be chipping in to try to get Henry Martin into Congress. Vaping, I've said this before, and, I, and I'll say it again. Vaping is not a uh, vaping is not a partisan issue. They're both against us. The guy that introduced uh, the anti-vape mail bill where if this goes through, which by the way, we have like two weeks to comment on that and, and do some CASA calls to actions before it gets voted on in the House or the Senate. One of the two. I can't remember. House or the Senate. He was a Republican from Texas. And now we have a Democratic congressional hopeful from Missouri who's pro-vaping, pro-harm reduction. We get it from both sides. This isn't, uh, this is not a partisan issue as much as people want it to be. So I'll post a link in the description to Henry Martin's Twitter. If anybody's interested in, uh, in hearing more about that, um, let's do a couple super chats here. I saw a couple super chats poke their heads in there. Uh, one more from, uh, Dave, uh, Dave, can you tell my aborted, my abortist brother, Chad, thank you for getting me back into vaping. I hope I owe my health to both of you. Yeah, absolutely, Dave. What? Abortist brother Chad? Abortist? I'm not 100% sure what that means. If you want to if you want to inform me or educate me on that, I would be much appreciated, but sure. I'm 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 glad that he helped you get back into vaping. I'm glad I could help you get back into vaping. It's so much better on this side. Tastes like strawberry cheesecake. Doesn't taste like the inside of an ashtray's asshole. One thing that I wanted to share uh, again, and now look, we always run out of time on Tuesday, bro. Tuesday, I try to keep this to an hour and a half and we're already a half hour into this, but I have no less than 27 tabs open right now in, uh, in my Google Chrome, a lot of tabs open right now. So we're going to get to some of these tabs. There's going to be some story time with Grim Green. We're going to talk about who do we trust? We certainly can't trust the FDA, right? Certainly can't trust uh, CDC, Centers for Disease Control, right? There's, there's certainly a, not, a lot that we can't trust right now. And I, I'm just wondering how we got here. How did we get to this place where we can't trust anybody? But first, yes, <laughs> Tenacious TX Vapes coming from the home state of John Corrin. Yeah, Tenacious TX Vapes. Stan, I appreciate you and everything you do for the community. Very much appreciate you. Stan, uh, very gracious of you. He says, uh, screw John Corrin. Yeah. I'm ashamed he calls himself Texan. Yeah. 
Republican John Corrin from uh, the great state of Texas, the biggest state in the Republic of Texas. He's the one that authored and introduced introduced the anti-vape mail bill. Yeah. <laughs> yep. So that's how's that for your mind grapes? Appreciate that, uh, Stan, Mr. Stan Tenacious DX Vape. So someone tagged me on Instagram recently in uh, this great video. Great video, and, uh, and it's a video. I'm going to show it to you right now. It's a video of a lung. So it's going to kind of it's going to kind of loop back and forth. But that's a healthy lung right there, right? Inflating, and then all oh, smoker lung inflating. Healthy lung. <gasps> Inflating and exhaling, smoker lung inhaling and exhaling. This is from, uh, what does that say on there? Med, medical Talks. The Medical Talks uh, medical talks Instagram. And I was fascinated by this and I'm like, that's awesome. That's cool. Science, you know, happening in front of us. Healthy lungs, smoker lungs. Healthy lungs, <gasps> inhaling, smoker lungs, <gasps> inhaling. Very, you know, striking visual, you know, evidence of of the toll that cigarette smoking, that tobacco, that combustion takes on your lungs. Striking. It is gross. It's gross and it's awesome, dude. Gabe, it's gross and it's awesome. And then there was a, then there was a doctor, you know, that nobody asked for, just kind of just kind of chimed in there. <laughs> he chimed in there on this comment. Uh, Dr. Jarrett, Dr. Jarrett jumped in there and, and had this to say, vaping is bad too. Uh, uh, unrequested advice from Dr. Jarrett. Vaping is bad too. It causes damage to your lungs. It doesn't actually, and we're going to get to that hopefully in this Tuesday, bro, Tuesday, but that there's no evidence that vaping harms your lungs. I don't know how else to say it. No evidence that vaping harms your lungs. Vaping is bad too. It causes damage to your lungs and you to crave a smoke and suffer withdrawal symptoms if you ignore the craving. So one of his main talking points uh, about that vaping is so bad that if you vape and then you don't vape, that you'll suffer withdrawal symptoms of vaping because, you know, nicotine. That's why vaping is bad because we know it doesn't damage your lungs. So the withdrawal symptom apparently is a reason enough to say that uh, vaping is bad too. Even though, you know, I have, I don't partake in caffeine anymore. Just can't fucks me up, but I have lots of friends, lots of friends that, 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 use caffeine that, that drink coffee or tea every single day, drink black tea every single day, drink coffee every single day. And they all kind of say the same thing. And I know this firsthand from working at Starbucks, the mood that people would be in before their coffee and the mood that they'd be in after their coffee. And let me tell you, that is a withdrawal symptom. When you wake up in the morning and you're craving coffee and you need coffee to get your day started, you are experiencing the withdrawal symptoms of caffeine. <laughs> so apparently withdrawal symptoms, that's the, that's, that's a reason enough. That's a reason enough to hate vaping. Um, nicotine is a toxic substance. Sure. I mean, yes, lots of things are toxic substances. 
what's the relative level of toxicity to it compared to when it's combusted as compared to when it's not combusted. You know, there's nuance to this, Dr. Jarrett. And I know very little about Dr. Jarrett. I I looked him up on, uh, what what are you talking about, Michelle Lynn? You're muted, you're muted. Also, hydrate. Really sorry for texting you so much. Okay, that's fine, Michelle Lynn. That's fine, Michelle Lynn. Here, let me find Dr. Jarrett again. Here he is. Uh, here he is on, on, on Instagram. If you wanted to go find Dr. Jarrett on Instagram, he just says, Dr. Health, Humor, and Inspiration. He's an anesthesiologist from uh, Miami. Nicotine is a toxic substance. Ready for this? It raises your blood pressure and spikes your adrenaline, which increases your heart rate and the likelihood of having a heart attack. What? 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 (laughs) It spikes your adrenaline. It increases your heart rate. Yes. Is an increased heart rate, does that increase your rate of having a heart attack? Does that increase the likelihood of having a heart attack? So every time I exercise and my heart rate goes up, that could actually give me a heart attack. Are you telling me, Dr. Jarrett, that exercise will give me a heart attack? Because it sounds a lot like that's what you're telling me, Dr. Jarrett. Now, if you go to this post uh, with the lung video, should we watch it again? Ew. Gross lung video. Gross. If you go find this lung video, Dr. Jarrett has like 90 comments underneath him. 90 comments underneath him. It's interesting. It's it's really entertaining. (laughs) He hasn't replied to any of them at all. But Dr. Jarrett... That's a bummer to me, Dr. Jarrett, that you're a doctor and you can't recognize a harm reduction tool when you see one. You just want to demonize it, spout off that it causes damage to your lungs, which there's no evidence that it does, and you're a doctor and you should know that. Say that it causes withdrawal symptoms. Oh, well, run for the hills, Mom Barker. What doesn't cause withdrawal symptoms? It raises your blood pressure, which will increase your heart rate and the likelihood of having a heart attack. Kind of unreal. Who do we trust anymore, right? Who do we trust? Who do we trust anymore? Who can we trust anymore? Uh, there's one thing again before we get into the real meat and potatoes, meat and potatoes of this, as they say. Um, I wanted to share with you guys one more time an incredible video. We're gonna sit here for four minutes, and we're just gonna watch. We're gonna watch this video. We're just going to watch this video. This is an older video. This is the truth about vaping. This is a little bit of a refresher course on the uh, MSA, the Master Settlement Agreement. I'm sure that most of us have already seen this video, but I just want to share it again. I did not ask for permission. I'm just assuming <laughs> I'm just assuming that it's going to be okay. So let's just sit here for 4 minutes and get a little bit more educated on uh, on why they hate vaping so much, where this all started. It's always about money. What what's up with the MSA? Cool? All right, here we go, guys. Most of you have probably seen or heard about the stillblowingsmoke.org campaign that's been launched in California. And you may be asking yourself, why is the California Department of Public Health so against vaping when year after year more smokers are turning to e-cigs as a less harmful alternative to tobacco cigarettes? Isn't their number one priority preserving public health? Isn't that their job? Problem number one. 
The more money Big Tobacco makes, the more money California gets. In 1998, a deal was struck between the biggest big tobacco companies and 46 U.S. states called the Master Settlement Agreement, or MSA. This agreement said that these big tobacco companies would make yearly payments to the states in exchange for the states dropping lawsuits against them regarding smoking-related deaths and expenses. The amount of money big tobacco pays the states each year is directly dependent on how much they sell. Problem number two, the states spent that money before they got it. Most of the states wanted all that money up front, instead of waiting for payments from Big Tobacco each year. So they sold bonds to Wall Street based on the amount they calculated Big Tobacco would be paying them. But then something started happening. Americans started smoking less. Since 2000, on average, tobacco cigarette sales have dropped 3.4% per year. That sounds amazing, but not for the states like California. Remember those bonds they sold? They were counting on money from Big Tobacco, and since it's not coming, they can't pay back the bonds they sold, and either have to take money from other places or risk defaulting. New Jersey, Ohio, and Virginia have already announced they have to take money from their reserves due to insufficient funds from the tobacco money. And with the growing popularity of e-cigarettes, the smoking rate is declining even faster. California and New York are being affected the most because they have the highest populations and are owed the most money by Big Tobacco under this agreement. In 2013, cigarette shipments saw their biggest decline since 2009, and many financial analysts say the cause of that severe decline is e-cigarettes. In 2012, Americans bought over 14 billion packs of tobacco cigarettes and 200,000 packs of e-cigarettes. The following year, sales of tobacco cigarettes decreased by 1 billion and sales of e-cigarettes doubled. Wells Fargo estimates tobacco cigarette sales will decline by 68% over the next 10 years, and e-cigarette sales will increase more than 13 times. So naturally, California is panicking. The way they see it, e-cigarettes are taking money away from them, regardless of the fact that people are getting off tobacco cigarettes. So it's now California's mission to either A, ban e-cigarettes completely and get people back on tobacco cigarettes so the money starts rolling in again, or B, classify e-cigarettes as a tobacco product so they can tax them like they do tobacco cigarettes, higher than normal sales tax, and roll them into the MSA agreement so they too have to pay the states. One of their key arguments is that if e-cigarettes fall under the MSA and also have to make payments to the states, that money gives these states a powerful tool to stop e-cigarette makers from targeting youth. No wonder one of StillBlowingSmoke.org's biggest and most unfounded talking points is that e-cigarettes are marketed to children. And never mind that only 14.6% of the funds the states receive from Big Tobacco actually go towards costs associated with smoking or smoking prevention. So the truth? The state of California needs tobacco sales to stay high. Otherwise, they default on their bonds. E-cigarettes are getting in the way of that. It looks like the health of the public isn't the top priority for the Department of Public Health. Their top priority, their wallet. Yeah, there we go. Huge shout out to The Truth About Vaping. Huge, huge shout out to Danielle Jones for that fantastic video. I know a lot of us have seen that already, but I just felt the need to share it again, especially especially in times like this, especially during, during a what once was a global pandemic, but now seems to be mostly just a like Brazil, India, United States of America pandemic, you know, that's what's going on right now. And I wasn't sure if I was going to mention this, but I, I just feel compelled to mention it because it just seems so very strange to me is I've been getting a lot of uh, 
Let's do, before I get into this, let's see if there's any, uh, Dave. Okay, Dave is clarifying. A boreist is a tree doctor. Oh, arborist. Oh, arborist. Arborist. Okay, tree doctor. I have some trees that need doctoring in my yard, Dave. Can I hit up your brother? Is he anywhere in the greater Los Angeles area, the greater Southern California, uh, Los Angeles area? Hit me up. Arborist. Tree. Thank you for spending two more dollars to get me that information, Dave. I'll give you an extra long sort of whoops, circular sort of boosh shout out right there. Appreciate that. Um, I will have a link, Kathy, in the description to that Truth About Vaping video, of course. I wouldn't show it if I wasn't going to put a link down in the description, and I'll definitely have a link. Watch it again. Share it. There's three parts of it now. Uh, that was just the first part. Uh, anyone got any updates on You Think You Know Nicotine documentary? Yes. The first update is that it's called You Don't Know Nicotine. <laughs> I'm just kidding. Uh, the title is You Don't Know Nicotine. Um, they still are wanting to have a big sort of premiere for it. If you want to get on Twitter, you can follow You Don't Know Nicotine. I think their ha Twitter handle is uh, No Nicotine, K-N-O-W Nicotine. I think that's what they are on Twitter. They've been doing a few very, uh, very random updates. In fact, sure, let's shit. We can find some information real quick. Let's head over to Twitter. Let's head over to Twitter. Let's see what's going on on the, on the tweets. I think I posted something about it pretty recently on the Twitters. Ba -ba -ba. Maybe it's real far back here. Maybe it's real far back here. Freedom of choice. Yeah, here it is. Uh, no nicotine. It says, yes, we're still planning to launch this movie as big as possible. We've tried to remain respectful and helpful during the COVID-19 pandemic and process against racial inequality. So it's still coming. It's still coming. COVID-19 kind of threw a whole big, uh, sort of wrench in the machine as it were, as far as uh, movie premieres, there was supposed to be a premiere for it in May in Milwaukee. And I think they're planning on having a big, you know, premiere launch for it. I don't know if it's going to be streaming. I don't know. I don't know what it's going to be, but this movie so critical cannot, cannot wait, cannot wait for this documentary to, uh, to finally, finally get out there to finally, finally get out there. So I, I've, I've been, I've been confused. I've been confused about a few things recently, and I'm hoping that maybe some people can shed some light on this for me. Combustion is the worst thing for you, big daddy turbo combustion is the worst thing for you. Um, I've been getting uh, a lot of interesting comments, I guess, and messages tagged in things across all social medias. Uh, uh, and it's, it's vapors who, who, who say things like vaping's 95% less harmful for you. Royal College of Physicians says 95% less harmful for you. We should be following the science on vaping. And they clearly understand what tobacco harm reduction is. And they're clearly in support of science. But, but they are anti-mask wearing people. And they say things like masks don't help. And, uh, you know, the pandemic is a hoax and things like that. And, you know, I don't hold it against them because I feel like just a lot of people are misinformed right now, but it, it's just so bizarre to me to be on the side of harm reduction, 
but also be on the side of anti where you know anti-masking and it's really confusing to me how how did we get here how how did we get here somehow a pandemic became a politicized issue and the left is telling you one thing and people on the right will obviously just disagree every time and then the right is telling you something and then people on the left will just disagree every single time simply because of the source of the information that it's coming from. And masks, sure, it's an inconvenience. And in World War II, school children had to take gas masks to school with them every single day. Big, like five pound cases with a big gas mask in it every single day to school or they died like if if an or they died from an, from some sort of mustard gas attack right it is a little inconvenient it's an inconvenience to to wear a mask but the mask you know it it doesn't necessarily protect you the wearer they it offers a little bit of protection right from what i can understand offers a little bit of protection not much little bit of protection but the reason that the masks are in place and the reason that people are urging other people to wear masks is to protect them from you. So when I wear a mask, I'm protecting other people from my filthy germs. It's the same reason why a surgeon wears a mask when he's surgering you as to keep his filthy, gross mouth germs out of your open, you know, fucking body cavity hole while he's surgering you. It's the same reason why, I mean, you learn this in elementary school, right? When you sneeze, you don't just fucking sneeze on somebody. Is that what you do? You just sneeze on somebody? Oops, sorry. When you cough, you cover your mouth. When you sneeze, you cover your mouth and nose. That's to protect other people from getting their, you know, from you, they're getting you or your cruddy germs all over them. We know for sure that when you cover your mouth when you cough, you're help keeping the spread of germs down. That that's what a mask does. That's harm reduction. And I don't understand how people got so misinformed. And it's the same thing with vaping. When you see people who are so anti-vaping, you wonder how how did we get so misinformed? Where where who can we trust? Right? Who can we trust? COVID is real. Yeah, COVID is real. Do I trust the CDC's uh, numbers? Certainly not. I can't, I can't trust the CDC's numbers when they're conflating, uh, you know, uh, vitamin E acetate THC cartridges to nicotine vaping, or they're conflating actual positive COVID tests with COVID antibody tests. The CDC has lost credibility. World Health Organization has lost credibility. And I don't wear a mask because the CDC told me to or because Governor Gavin Newsom tells me to. I do it because in my head, that makes sense. When I sneeze, I cover my face. If I want to prevent spreading germs, I cover my face. You know how they uh, ended the Black Death, the Black Plague in, uh, in Europe all those years ago after it killed, you know, 300 million people? Yeah. Look into it. <laughs> Quarantining. Quarantining and covering your face. That's how they ended the Black Death. I can't trust the CDC. No, of course I don't trust the CDC's numbers on smoking and secondhand smoke deaths. The bad science that we used around secondhand smoke is deplorable. Nothing but bad science around secondhand smoke. 
nothing but bad science around secondhand smoke. So that's why I'm asking. I'm open to the conversation. How did we get so misinformed? I made the mistake the other day. Have you ever just, uh, have you ever just Googled vaping? Like just Googled the word vaping. It's crazy what comes up. At least, look, this is just United States Google. Googled vaping. First search result, John Hopkins, right? John Hopkins Medical is supposed to be this really uh, trustworthy medical health organization. They only have our best interest in mind, right? They only, they only want what's best for us. What does John Hopkins have to say? Uh, what does John Hopkins have to say about, uh, about vaping? Here we go. Five facts you need to know. John Hopkins Medical. If you've thought about trying to kick the smoking habit, you're not alone. Nearly seven of 10 smokers say they want to stop. That I don't even believe is true. Quitting smoking is one of the best things you can do for your health. That, definitely true. Smoking harms nearly every organ in your body, including your heart. Nearly one-third of deaths from heart disease are the result of smoking and secondhand smoke. Is that true? Do we have the science to back up that nearly one-third of the deaths are from heart disease are from secondhand smoke? Or did we use terrible science to justify smoking bans in the name of secondhand smoke? You might be tempted to turn to electronic cigarettes, e-cigarettes, vape pens, and other vaping devices. First of all, nobody calls them vape pens. You like my, uh, this is my vape pen. This is the vape pen uh, that I'm vaping today. It's the uh, Aegis Max with the uh, Steam Crave Aromamizer V2 RDTA on there. Yeah, that's my vape pen. (laughs) Vape pen. You might be tempted to turn to vape pens as a way to ease the transition from traditional cigarettes to not smoking at all, but is smoking e-cigarettes also called vaping? And just the fact that they use smoking terminology, that upsets me. That upsets me to no end. Smoking, you don't... I said at the very beginning of this, I'm going to try to remain calm, so we're going to try to remain calm. But is smoking e-cigarettes, also called vaping, better for you than using tobacco products? Can e-cigarettes help you stop smoking once and for all? Michael Blaha, MP, MD, MPH, Director of Clinical Research at John Hopkins Cicerone Center for the Prevention of Heart Disease, shares health information about vaping. Are you ready for this? Vaping is less harmful than smoking, but it's still not safe. Yes, but it's less harmful than smoking. And isn't that the goal? Isn't that the goal to be less harmful than smoking? Isn't harm reduction the goal of literally everybody? Putting on shoes, wearing a helmet, wearing a seatbelt, wearing a condom. Isn't that the goal? E-cigarettes heat nicotine extracted from tobacco, flavorings, and other chemicals. I love that. To create an aerosol that you inhale, regular tobacco cigarettes contain 7,000 chemicals, many of which are toxic. While we don't know exactly what chemicals are in e-cigarettes, completely untrue again, completely untrue again. We know exactly what chemicals are inside e-cigarettes. The FDA has had all of our recipes from every, you know, every large vendor on file for years and years now. 
And a lot of these real big flavor houses and a lot of these big, big, you know, e-liquid manufacturers, they've had to be get third-party testing for years and years now. They know what is, they know what's inside their liquids down to a molecular level. To say that we don't know what's in them is just, I don't know, ignorance. Johns Hopkins is ignorant. The trusted medical health organization, can they be trusted? Baja says there's almost no doubt that they expose you to fewer toxic chemicals than traditional cigarettes. But that's all you need to know. There is almost no doubt that they expose you to fewer toxic chemicals than traditional cigarettes. Almost no doubt. However, uh-oh, bum, bum, bum. There has also been an outbreak of lung injuries and deaths associated with vaping. As of January 21st, 2020, the Centers for Disease Control and Prevention confirmed 60 deaths. Patients with e-cigarette or vaping product use associated lung injury, e-volley. These cases appear to be predominantly affect people who modify their vaping devices or use black market modified e-liquids. Wrong again. Wrong again. This is why people are misinformed because they will Google vaping and they will click on, oh, John Hopkins, you know, that's their trust. I trust John Hopkins. They've been around forever. We're supposed to trust John Hopkins, right? We're supposed to trust the CDC, right? You're supposed to. You're supposed to be able to, but now John Hopkins medicine, in my opinion, credibility shot, credibility shot, black market modified e-liquids, wrong, wrong, wrong terminology, wrong, whoops, this is especially true for vaping products containing THC, yeah, the one thing. The CDC has identified vitamin E acetate as the chemical of concern among people with Evoli. Vitamin E acetate is a thickening agent often used in THC vaping products. It was found in all lung fluid samples of Evoli patients examined by the CDC. It was found in all lung fluid samples. All. Right there. All. All, all lung fluid. All. <laughs> I can't zoom in anymore. All lung fluid samples of Evoli patients examined by the CDC. All. Not most. Not some. All. Every person that came down with the lung injuries with Evoli, all of them. Vitamin E acetate. You know what kills me? Is you couldn't put vitamin E acetate in this even if you wanted to. It simply wouldn't work. It was the black market THC carts. But what the CDC did and what John Hopkins is just puppeting back at you, vaping, right? Vaping. It was vaping. It was vaping. Vaping, 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 vaping. It was just vaping. We're not going to, dis- you know, we're not going to distinguish what you were vaping. What caused all these car accidents? Driving. Yeah. Driving. <laughs> What were they driving? Doesn't matter. They were driving. Were they driving a boat on the freeway? What was it? Nope, just driving. Vaping is a verb. What you're vaping matters. They were vaping vitamin E acetate, purchased off the street, black market. 
The CDC officially blames the so-called vaping injuries on exposure to THC products that also contained vitamin E acetate. But we still, still, still hear that it was just vaping. Oh, it was modified e-liquids. What? That's You can't modify an e-liquid with, with vitamin E acetate. You just can't. This is how people get misinformed. There's a transcript too. You want to see this? There's a transcript of that last picture that I just showed you. This is the actual transcript. You can listen to the audio recording. You can listen to the audio recording of it. This is uh, Dr. Hayes and Dr. Anne Shuchat, Shuchat, who I'm not 100% sure. They dance around the topic a lot. I'm not going to read this whole thing, obviously, because it's gigantic and long. But if you do a, uh, a Command-F search for uh, nicotine, it comes up five times in all of these pages. Five times. The first time... One more follow-up. Can you now say that not uh, that it is not vaping products containing nicotine? Dances around the subject. Well, let me just say that we can't, you know, even though it was found in 100, you know, vitamin E acetate was in 100% of the patients, we can't completely, we can't completely rule out nicotine. That doesn't mean that vaping products with THC or other substances are safe. And it doesn't mean that e-cigarettes that are nicotine only are safe. That doctor is implying that even though Evoli was caused 100% by contaminated THC black market vitamin E acetate contaminated cartridges, that even if you vape nicotine, there's still a chance, Right? Just that little bit of fear there. Oh, there's still a chance that this could really mess you up. Still a chance, right? Who are we supposed to believe? Who are we supposed to trust? Who the F are we supposed to trust? Don't forget, stay hydrated, Hydro Homies. This video is not sponsored by the coldest water bottle uh, yet, but I love the crap out of this thing. Ah, have you tasted the nectar of Shaitan? They mention it again towards the bottom. Uh, the New York Times, I think, asks again, uh, is there a suggestion to this report? Uh, nicotine e-cigarettes, could you talk about more about that, please? And she said uh, something about, um, you know, Evoli, uh, we thought it was nicotine poisoning at first because of blah, 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 e-cigarettes, the early Evoli cases, which they tried to name Vapey, because they just had to fit vaping into the title of it. And, you know, it kind of, you can kind of see the CDC's original plan. Like, oh, if we name this, uh, if we name this outbreak vapey, then we can, we can permanently, you know, we can permanently instill this fear into the public through, through media and through our own Twitter and through our own press releases that vaping caused all these. You think we can do that? You think we can do that? Then they changed it to Evoli, you know, <laughs> Evoli. Nicotine gets mentioned uh, five times in this entire conference, in this entire telebriefing, but 
Vitamin E acetate gets mentioned innumerable times. 1, 2, 3, 4, 5, 6, 7, 8, 9, 10, 11, 12, 13, 14, 15, 16, 17, 18, 19, 20, 21, 22, 23, 24, 25, 26, 27, 28, 29, 30, 31, 32, 33, 35 times. Vitamin E acetate gets mentioned 35 times in this CDC update telebriefing and nicotine gets mentioned five times, but they still want you to think, you know, got to keep that fear going. It's just their default position. They want to scare you away. They want to scare you away from, they want to fear you away. They want to fear you away from vaping. Fear you away from vaping drives me absolutely insane. Are there any more super chats to talk about? Because I'm getting, I'm getting all sorts, all kinds of worked up here. Vaping with super clouds. Good day, Nick. Uh, it's Johnny from Vaping with the Super Clouds, Brisbane, Queensland, Australia. It's 9:15 a.m. here, and I am tuning into the greatest vape reviewer in the world, Grim Green Boosh. Yo, yo, to you, Nick. Damn it, you know, don't. You, you, <laughs> uh, thank you. I don't do well with compliments. Greatest vape reviewer in the world? Certainly not. Certainly not. You know, I can get on YouTube and I can rant and rave about advocacy and activism and try to keep people as informed as humanly possible and try to put distrust into the CDC and the World Health Organization and get you guys, you know, calls to actions and let's take action and let's do this and let's be vocal. And then it's like, the response to that is less than, oh, God forbid, you forget that the PM80 from Vaporesso comes with rubber plugs that adjust the airflow. You'll get 50 comments about that, <laughs> you know, 60 comments about that. It's crazy. It's crazy what people focus on. It's crazy what people focus on. So who do we trust? Who do we trust? Who do we believe? Can we believe the CDC? I can't. Can we believe the FDA? Well, <laughs> we might not be able to believe the FDA. This is from the People's Chemist. Two reasons not to trust the FDA. That's right. It's time for a little uh, story time with Grim Green. <laughs> I might have read this before. Might have read this before, but uh, we're going to read it again because it's a quick, little, quick, great little read. Two reasons not to trust the FDA. Drug safety is a simple matter of majority rule. 51% telling the other 49% that deadly drugs are safe and necessary. And that, and that majority is fueled by profit, not science. I witnessed this close up as a chemist designing tamoxifen derivatives. I can't pronounce this word. Tamoxifen derivatives promoted as an anti-cancer drug. It garnered $4 billion a year. Yeah, as shown in over-the-counter natural cures, it caused the same illness that it was promoted to treat. Still, though, it was FDA-approved. Spectacular. <laughs> Spectacular. So this drug that was FDA-approved made big pharmaceuticals $4 billion a year, and it caused the same illness that it was promoted to treat and was approved by the FDA, by the good old FDA. So here are two reasons not to trust the FDA approval process. Reason number one, more than half of the experts are financially motivated. What? This is shocking news to me. Financially motivated? You mean to tell me that people at the FDA are greedy? <laughs> what? According to USA Today, more than half of the experts hired by the FDA to advise the government on the safety and effectiveness of medicines have direct 
financial relationships with the pharmaceutical companies who will either be helped or hurt by FDA approval. Now, Scott Gottlieb, I think, is the last... uh, Scott Gottlieb is the last and most... uh, most recent, I guess. I just said the same thing twice. I got to stop repeating myself. Scott Gottlieb is the most recent example of this. Scott Gottlieb served as the head of the FDA for what, four years? What was that, Daniel? Four years, five years, not really sure. Left the FDA, instantly went to work for Pfizer, instantly went to work for big pharmaceuticals, instantly. And nobody said squat. Nobody just went, wow, that's such a normal thing these days. Doesn't even, doesn't even register for me anymore. Of course that's going to happen. It's just become the new normal. Head of the FDA should work with pharmaceutical companies because then you get the best drugs for people. 92% of the meetings had at least one member who had a financial conflict of interest. At 55% of advisory meetings, at least half, sometimes more among the FDA advisors had conflicts of interest. At 102 meetings dealing with the fate of a given drug, 33% of the experts in attendance had a financial conflict. Discredit the myth-making machine. Historically, the FDA revealed when these financial... Okay, historically, the FDA revealed when these financial conflicts were present. So they used to just say, look, here it's happening. Here's a financial conflict. But these conflicts have been kept secret since 1992. Did anybody know that? I had no idea. I feel like the FDA should announce, right, when they say, well, you know, Scott Gottlieb, um, he might have had a, uh, I don't know, a little bit of a financial conflict uh, in being the head of the FDA and also being on the uh, Pfizer big pharmaceuticals uh, advisory board. And uh, we apologize for any financial conflicts of interest that were present during his tenure as a head of the FDA. Nope. Since 1992, they don't have to tell you. They don't have to, uh, they don't have to disclose that. They don't have to disclose that anymore. Reason number two, drug companies pay the FDA. Yeah. Uh, A lot of shocking news right here. Shocking to maybe nobody watching this. Pharmaceutical campaigning led to the passing of the 1997 Food and Drug Administration Modernization Act, the FDAMA. The FDAMA allows for a new drug's approval based on only one clinical trial. Just one clinical trial. That's all it takes to get any drug approved. Just one quick clinical trial. It's no big deal. It's whatever. But vaping, <laughs> nope, sorry. Sorry, vaping, PMTAs, you're going to need to fill out a million, literally, no exaggeration, one million pages of paperwork, and it's going to cost you millions of dollars to submit that application. And at that point, we don't even have to read it. Nah, don't even have to read it. But (laughs) the pharmaceutical campaigning led to the passing of the FDAMA, one clinical trial. That's all it takes. That's all it takes, baby. One clinical trial. Stay hydrated, hydro homies. In addition to lowering drug approval standards, pharmaceutical companies have ensured that the FDA is well compensated for their approval efforts. 
The pharmaceutical campaigning led to the Prescription Drug User Fee Act. Padufa? <laughs> Padufa. What a great Padufa. You think they named it that just so they could all say uh, Padufa? Padufa of 1992 and its reauthorization in 1997. This allows the FDA to collect fees directly from pharmaceutical companies to review new drug applications. This sets a new precedent in drug approval. Previously, the United States Treasury funded the FDA. However, with PDUFA, <laughs> however, now with PDUFA, they now receive their paychecks directly from the pharmaceutical industry. This ensures that the FDA remains a lapdog to the pharmaceutical industry. Congressman Dan Burton has recognized this deadly trend among the FDA. In a noble attempt to notify other members of Congress, he testified as follows. How confident can we be in the recommendations of the Food and Drug Administration when the chairman of Vaccines and Related Biological Products Advisory Committee and other individuals on their advisor committee own stock in major manufacturers of vaccines? How confident can we be in a system when the agency seems to feel that the number of experts is so few that everyone has a conflict and thus waivers must be granted? It almost appears that there is an old boys network of vaccine advisors that rotate between the CDC and FDA, at times serving both simultaneously. It is important to determine if the Department of Health and Human Services has become complacent in its implementation of the legal requirements on conflict of interests and committee management. If the law is too loose, we need to change it. If the agencies aren't doing their job, they need to be held accountable. What is at issue is not whether researchers can be brought in the sense of a quid pro quo, at issue is that close and remunerative collaboration with a company naturally creates goodwill on part of researchers and the hope that these largies, largies, largesse, what? That the largesse, okay, well here I don't understand this word so we're going to Google search for it. Largesse, generosity bestowing money or gifts upon others. Oh, okay, I see what you did there. We'll continue. Can the FDA and CDC really believe that scientists are more immune to self-interest than other people? And now we have a bunch of uh, other... First of all, that blew me away. Completely blew me away. Not entirely blew me away. I didn't find it that shocking. A boofta. <laughs> I know, right? <laughs> right, Christopher? Well, a boofta. <laughs> Oh, man, it's just going to make me chuckle every single time. Padufa. No, it's Padufa. 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 And the great thing is they don't have to disclose this to anybody. They don't have to disclose if there's uh, conflicts of interest anywhere. Hang on, let's take a quick vape break because I haven't vaped in quite a bit. Actually, that's too much. I don't want to chase clouds all over the place. Hmm. Yeah. Freemax. God damn it. When it works, it works great. So let's read what a few other medical doctors and scientists and FDA officials have to say about this. 
The people in charge, FDA officials, don't say, should we approve this drug? They say, how can we get this drug approved? It's from Michael, ex-FDA biostatistician. (laughs) Paul, MP, MPH, MD, former senior consultant at the FDA, said the agency, the FDA, neglects drug safety in its rush to speed up the drug approval process because current laws and policies let the drug industry influence FDA decisions. Now, if you don't think that the FDA is being extra hard and extra, extra stringent on far less harmful vapor products because of pharmaceutical influence, whoa, whoa, yeah, of course, Of course they are. David Graham, speaking to Crusader Magazine in 2005, FDA insider for over 20 years, said, the people who approve a drug when they see that there is a safety problem with it are very reluctant to do anything about it because it will reflect badly on them. They continue to let the damage occur. As currently configured, the FDA is not able to adequately protect the American people. It goes on. I'm going to post a link in the description to this, uh, to this very thing. Two reasons, more than two reasons. You know what? I'll just put it in the chat right friggin' now. Yeah. Sick boy. (laughs) Is this a vape pen? Yeah. Here's my vape pen. Nope. I just call this a vape. I don't even know what I would call this. Let's create a new terminology right now. Nicotine vaping. It's my Nick vape. It's my NV. It's my NV, NV. Can we call it an NV nicotine vape? I agree with you, Joshua. FDA approved is generally a bad thing. FDA approved is generally a bad thing. Um, Jim Bubba. uh, Oh, wait, we had one more hearing from sexy King Phil getting into these super chats. Grim, I appreciate everything you do with vaping advocacy without you and the Without you and the mods, I wouldn't know what to do. Much love. Sexy King Phil, thank you very much. I appreciate that. I don't know what I'd do without Sexy King Phil in the chat every week. I would feel 100% lost. Jim Bubba, very gracious of you. Is Grim Green the world's greatest vape reviewer? (laughs) Technically, yes. Listen, I'm, I'm not. I've just been here a long time. I'm not that good at what I do. There's a lot of really great reviewers out there. You know what I mean? Thank God for people like Mike Vapes. I think Mike Vapes is one of, if not the best vape reviewers just in existence. I just love Mike Vapes. I love his reviews. I I love Mike Vapes. I would go so far as to say Mike Vapes, much better reviewer than me. Much better reviewer than me. Thomas, very gracious of you. Because advocacy, thanks for fighting for us lowly vapers. Look, I'm, I'm fighting for you guys. I'm fighting for everybody. I'm fighting for the industry. I'm fighting for smokers more than anything else. I mean, yes, I am fighting for you guys, but really, this really comes down to smokers because I've said this before too. Everybody, everybody should get to quit smoking the way that we got to quit smoking. You know, everybody should be able to do that. Tim J, I have COVID, not a hoax. Wear your mask. Also wear your mask. Tim J, holy shit. Uh, Wishing you a fast and speedy recovery. Very fast and speedy recovery. You have COVID. It's not a hoax. Wear your mask. Yeah. Damn it, wear your mask. (laughs) Just wear it. Uh, You know, here's the thing. Here's how I look at it. If, If the experts are right, 
and then I wear a mask, the most that I'm put out is that I have a piece of fabric over my face, right? That's the most. I have a piece of fabric over my face, maybe help, maybe save some lives in the process. That's it. That's the most you're put out. Little piece of fabric over your face. People are concerned. There's, you know, there's tinfoil hat people that are concerned. Well, this is just, you know, uh, social grooming and they're just trying to see what they can force you to do. What? Are you out of your mind? They listen to you all the time on your phone. They have targeted ads on your phone. If you use a smartphone or you use Facebook, they already know everything about you. (laughs) Do we learn nothing from Cambridge Analytica? Come on, grow up. Live in hints, very gracious of you. Stay hydrated, brothers and sisters. That's right. Remember, water is recycling every day and does not disappear. Remember, the surgeon, uh, wait, hang on. Remember, the surgeon and team that have masks representing medical protocol as a respect. Yes, absolutely. Yeah, 100%. And there's people who. You know, they made these fake uh, American uh, Americans with Disabilities Acts cards. You know, some of these people, some people don't like this word, Karens. Some people, these Karens created these cards that are laminated and it says, the Americans with Disabilities Act says that I don't have to wear a mask and here it is because I have a condition and you're not allowed to legally ask me my condition. Hogwash. That's all hogwash. That, that doesn't exist. That's not a thing. <laughs> They're so hell-bent on not wearing masks. So hell-bent on it. And look, I, you know, I'm not going to boss you around. I don't want the government to mandate masks. I want people to care enough about each other to say, here, I will protect you from my filthy fucking mouth germs that I breathe out, and, and I'll protect you from me. That's what I want. I want just a little bit of mutual respect. This whole, well, I got mine. I'm safe. You know, I'm safe. I don't care about you. What? What the hell is your problem? Just a little bit of mutual respect goes a real long way, man. COVID's a hoax. COVID's a hoax. Ask Tim J if COVID's a hoax. I uh, got another one here from uh, Rick. Careful, Nick. Uh, I thought we use FDA-approved flavorings in our liquids. Boosh from C-137. Sure. I don't, I mean, yeah, we do use FDA-approved food flavorings in our liquids, but that doesn't mean anything to me. It doesn't mean that I don't care if it's FDA-approved. If FDA-approved zero of the flavorings, I would still use the flavorings in the liquid. Still use the flavorings in the liquid. Jake Scrapwood, very gracious of you. I've been trying for years to figure out what to do about my ugly mug. Face mask works wonders. Yeah, absolutely. Look, even Donald Trump has been wearing a mask lately. Have you seen him? Have you seen all... There's this this great... uh, Where did I even see it? Must have been somewhere on Reddit. Can't even imagine. Staunch anti-maskers. Staunch anti-maskers. As soon as they see Donald Trump wearing a mask, they're like... Where can I get one? He looks like a boss. He looks like a badass. I'm going to wear a mask now. Even Donald Trump's wearing a mask. Have some respect for your fellow Americans. That's all I'm asking for. Have a little bit of respect for your fellow Americans. Um, 
We're not going to read this whole article. I just like the big headline on it. I'm going to put a link to it in the description. Why you simply can't trust the government to look out for your health and best interests. Well, this was written by Dr. Russell Shearling. Uh, I've read this. It's pretty great. It goes over a lot of the same stuff. The revolving door has been criticized here. Revolving door uh, talks about big pharmaceuticals, uh, you know, influence on uh, on. Uh, Oh, whoops. What am I doing on on, uh, the FDA? And, you know, what are some other things that we get that we get told a lot about vaping? We're trying to discredit uh, the myth making machine, discredit the myth making machine. Right. What are other things we get told at by uh, told at? What are other things we get told by the the big mainstream media? Right. Well, there's just not enough uh, evidence. Haven't been around long enough. There's no long term studies. Is there no long term studies? Are you sure there's no long-term studies? Because that, that if there's no long-term studies, then this makes no sense. Three and a half year study of daily users who never smoked. Three and a half year study of regular daily users who never smoked. I can't think uh, of, I mean, that is absolutely a long-term study. Obviously, I'm not gonna read this whole thing. Actually, I, m- I might not be able to read any of this. I was trying to get to the... Uh, they have their uh, methodology and what they do. There's the there's the results here, but there has to be like a conclusion. That's usually what I look for first before I try to read everything because you start reading through this and as a uh, non-medical person, as a barely high school graduate with a very loose understanding of things like math <laughs> and science, trying to read through these by myself is, uh, it's a damn thing. It's a damn thing. I'm going to be posting links for all of these in the description. Don't even trip. We have long-term studies. We have three and a half year studies. We've got long-term studies. We've got long-term studies on daily users who were never smokers in the first place, right? What's another thing we hear? What's another thing we hear from the mainstream media, right? What's another thing we hear from the mainstream media? Popcorn lung. Oh, popcorn lung. I got this though from Cancer Research UK. Does vaping cause popcorn lung? First sentence, first word, nope, right there. In case anybody was curious, no. There is no good evidence that e-cigarettes could cause the lung condition called popcorn lung. But what do I know? That's just coming from Cancer Research UK. I, I mean, what do I know? What do I know? I'm trying to discredit the myth-making machine here today. <laughs> discredit the myth-making machine. Um, uh, people say, okay, I got to make sure that I get to, here's one thing that just drove me insane. I'm not even going to post a link into this in the description because this is just the most misinformed hogwash I've ever seen in my life. Uh, Milwaukee vaping crisis, what a single puff could do to your lungs. All they're talking about in this is Evoli. All they're talking about in this is Evoli, but the headline says vaping crisis and what a single puff could do to your lungs. Holy shit. If I was a vapor and I wasn't aware and I wasn't informed, this would actually terrify me. If I was a smoker and I saw this, I would, be, I would not vape. There is not a chance I would vape. If I was a smoker and I was just coming at this blind and I'm just Dave the smoker and I've been a smoker for whatever, however many, 20, 30 years and I'm thinking, maybe I'm going to try that, uh, maybe I'm going to try that vaping thing. I've heard it's better for you. And I came across this, what a single puff could do to your lungs. 
cardiac cardiac surgeon uh, Lucian Durham warns inhaling a single puff from a vape could make you his next patient. The lung damage he has seen is in, pati- in his patients is equivalent to some smoking cigarettes for decades. It literally can kill you the first time you try it. Let me highlight that better. It literally can kill you the first time you try it. Well, here's the thing, buddy boy. I've been vaping for oh, about 11 years now, still alive, 23,000 cigarettes avoided. Let me try. You know, I've been vaping this whole stream, but maybe this is the puff. Maybe this is the puff that's going to kill me. Nope. All good. We're all good here. All good here, guys. No, don't even trip. Vaping crisis. Don't worry. A single puff, uh, a single puff off of an e-cigarette will not kill you. What's another thing that we hear? We're wrapping this up. What's another thing we hear? Something like uh, this, maybe? Oh, something like that, maybe? One third. This is from the San Francisco Chronicle. San Francisco Chronicle, man. One third of young adults may at risk. Okay, typos aside. I, when a typo makes it into the headline of a major newspaper, how, how great is that? It kind of just, you don't even take it serious. Like it's, it's like a typo on Twitter, you know? I've, I've put out these amazing tweets that I've, I've just spent time crafting and getting my wording down correctly. And then there's just a typo in it. And as soon as you tweet it out and you see that typo, you go, well, no one will take me seriously ever again. You know, that's just the way typos work on the internet. Sometimes you just got a cloud chase. San Francisco Chronicle says one third of young adults may at risk, (laughs) may at risk, one third of young adults may at risk of severe COVID-19, especially if they vape or smoke. (gasps) What? Especially if they vape or smoke? Wait, what? Especially if they vape or smoke. Now imagine going into this as just, you know, whatever, Dave, the normal dude. And I don't know why I keep using the name Dave. It's just a name I like to go to it. You're just Dave and you're just, I don't smoke. I don't vape. I'm trying to quarantine. I'm sheltering in place. I don't want to get COVID-19. And you see this and you think, oh man, you know, that vaping epidemic, those kids who are, (laughs) those kids who are vaping, Somehow, even though it's illegal for them, somehow they're vaping. They're going to get COVID-19. It's going to be worse. And you'll start telling people, you go, did you hear? Did you hear about this? Yeah. The kid, yeah. The kids that are vaping, they get, it's going to be worse for them. COVID-19. Well then explain this numbnuts. France is testing whether nicotine could prevent coronavirus. Yeah. We've talked about this before. France is testing whether they could prevent coronavirus. So let me ask you again, who can we trust? Certainly not the mainstream media, right? Certainly not the San Francisco Chronicle for printing garbage. Certainly not Stanton Glantz. Uh, certainly not John Hopkins. Certainly not CDC. Certainly not FDA, right? Certainly not CDC. I mean, how can we trust CDC when I have this article here from The Scientist Vitamin E acetate tied to all vaping 
illnesses. The chemical was found in 29 of 29 fluid samples tested. 29 of 29 fluid samples tested. In breakthrough, officials identify vitamin E acetate, very strong culprit in the mysterious vaping-related disease. It's not mysterious. It's not mysterious because uh, Leafly reported on it before anybody else reported on it. It's time to ask, why did CDC ignore vaping evidence? Who can we trust? Who can we trust? Where was the other one I wanted to share? I had so many freaking tabs open. Uh... This one, uh, yeah, young people vaping. Uh, I, I think we know about the Emma Debit. Padufa. <laughs> I think we know uh, about the vaping epidemic now in the young people, the Scott Gottlieb uh, epidemic that was based on, you know, uh, nothing. Most young people do not vape, and even fewer vape regularly. While youth vaping rates have increased in recent years, most middle and high school students do not vape or smoke and very few vape or smoke daily. Finds a study led by researchers at NYU School of Global Public Health. There's someone we can trust. There's someone we... NYU School of Public Health. I can, tr- I can get behind the NYU School of Public Health. Most young people do not vape. That's something we hear in the mainstream media all the time. Oh, it's an epidemic, you know, you guys. It's an epidemic. Most young people do not vape. And even fewer vape regularly. Something like 85% of youth don't vape. Something like that. This this one tab will just not load. And it, it's making me insane. Um, building off of that San Francisco article, again, this was from Yahoo Finance. I'm sure we talked about this on a prior Tuesday, Bro Tuesday. We're getting down to the end here, so I'm going to start wrapping this up. Discredit the myth-making machine. Who can we trust? Experts conclude there is no evidence to support a link between COVID-19 and vaping. Experts conclude there is no evidence to support a link between COVID-19 and and vaping but 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 san francisco said that one-third of young adults may at risk of severe covid19 especially if they smoke or vape but 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 experts conclude there's no evidence to support a link between covid19 and vaping but san francisco chronicle says one-third of young adults may at risk of severe covid19 especially if they smoke or vape but but experts conclude there's no evidence to support a link between covid19 and vaping no wonder people are confused who do we trust who do we trust who Give me a name. NYU School of Public Health? Sure. How about this? No, vapors are not at a greater risk of catching COVID-19. But but San Francisco Chronicle said one-third of young adults may at risk of severe COVID-19, especially if they smoke or vape. No, vapors are not at a greater risk of catching COVID-19. Who do we trust? <laughs> I ask you, alternative facts. <laughs> there you go, Danielle. That's a good way. That's a good way. You can only trust Kasa. This is the last thing I wanted to mention. Um, Brad Rodu. You know, if you're not hip to Brad Rodu, I, ho- I hope I'm saying his name right. Go ahead and give him a follow. I'm just going to put his uh, Twitter in the chat right now. I'm going to put his Twitter in the description of this video as well. Brad Rodu. 
professor of medicine, endowed chair of tobacco harm reduction research, University of Louisville. That's Louisville. Where is he? Louisville? Where are you, Brad Rodu? I don't know what Louisville that is. Uh, Louisville, Kentucky. Okay, and there he is. I mean, not a, not a bad looking guy. There you are, Brad. Nice to see you again. Brad Rodu posted on his blog recently. In his blog, Tobacco Truth, I'll be linking this down in the description below. Doctors Dharma Bhutta and, oh, our good buddy, remember our good buddy Stanton Glantz? Yeah. They published a study in February in the American Journal of Preventative Medicine. I don't know why this isn't showing all the way up. That upsets me. Let me, uh, ah, there we go. Stanton Glantz published a study in February's American Journal of Preventative Medicine claiming that use of e-cigarettes is an independent risk factor for respiratory disease in addition to combustible tobacco smoking. In, a use of, in the University of California, San Francisco press release, Professor Glantz made additional claims. We concluded that e-cigarettes are harmful on their own and the effects are independent of smoking conventional tobacco. This study contributes to the growing case that e-cigarettes have long-term adverse health effects, had adverse effects on health and are making the tobacco epidemic worse. What? What? So Brad Rodu, who, sure, who do we trust? Let's trust Brad Rodu, professor of medicine, endowed chair of tobacco harm reduction research, University of Louisville, Kentucky. Brad Rodu, a comprehensive reanalysis of that study, concludes that they found no evidence that current or former e-cigarette use is associated with respiratory disease. What? No evidence? You mean Stanton Glantz put something out that's incorrect? How how did this how did this <laughs> how did this slip by us? How did this slip by us? How did we Stanton Glantz is at it again, just glancing science all over the place. He glanced it. He glanced it. Bada and Glantz asserted that e-cigarettes were an independent risk factor for respiratory disease. Only 12 vapors had never smoked and none of them had developed the illness. Well, there you go. I guess that kind of goes in line with, uh, let's see if I can click on the right tab. This, nope, this, yep. Yep, kind of goes in line with that. Let me get back to the right tab. Oh, well, that's the wrong tab, but that's grimgreen.com. How did... How did that slip in there? What? <laughs> I mean, it's just grimgreen.com. It's your host, it's, you know, it's your source for all things Grim Green. I post all of my all of my streams, all of my podcasts, all of my videos, everything over here, over here on the on the beautiful grimgreen.com website. But that's not what this is about. There is no evidence that current or former e-cigarette use is associated with respiratory disease. And that kind of brings us back to San Francisco. It kind of brings us back to Dr. Jarrett. Kind of brings us back to Dr. Jarrett a little bit, doesn't it? Kind of brings us back to Dr. Jarrett a little bit. I'm just trying to bide my time here while I find a version of this that I can actually read on the screen. It damages your lungs. Dr. Jarrett says it damages your lungs. Dr. Jarrett, Dr. Jarrett believes Stanton Glantz. Doesn't damage your lungs. There's no evidence of that. 
The last thing I'm going to leave you with before we read some super chats here, you guys, is uh, I- I'm going to I'm going to post that I'm going to put this I'm going to put this out there again. Simon Clark taking liberties. This is taken from his blog. I'm with Carl. Advocates of the right to vape must join the larger fight. Burp life. American writer and tobacco American writer and tobacco risk reduction expert Carl Phillips posted an interesting thread on Twitter at the weekend. It concluded with him urging advocates of the right to vape to join what he called the larger fight to erode the credibility of the myth creating machine. That's what inspired all of this. This is one of those articles, blog posts, whatever you want to call it, that I come back to constantly. I come back to it all the time because I find it so motivating and so inspiring. We have to erode the credibility of the myth-creating machine. That's what we're here to do today. That's what we should be here to do in the future. It's long. I'm not going to read the whole thing, but I'm going to read this one part. The final most important point here. If you are an advocate for the right to vape, please learn some history and join the larger struggle. Don't just fiddle at the surface. Of course, you are most focused on educating and fighting myths about vaping, but the larger fight is eroding the credibility of the myth-creating machine in general. So learn about and speak up about the myths of snus, environmental smoke. Yeah, secondhand smoke, we used terrible science to justify smoking bans regarding secondhand smoke. The effectiveness of tobacco control measures, which are... And that all smokers want to quit, etc. And for fuck's sake, please stop perpetuating tobacco control myths yourselves or allowing other ostensible THR advocates to do so with impunity. The tobacco wars will be won or lost in toto. I trust it is finally clear that vapors are not going to be granted a deferment. The message, yeah, sure. Most of what tobacco controllers say is true, but their stuff about vaping is wrong is a sure loser. Most of what tobacco controllers say is bullshit, including what they say about vaping. Takes more effort, but it is what has a chance to succeed. I'm going to zoom in on that. Most of what tobacco controllers say is bullshit, including what they say about vaping. It's time to... uh, Discredit the myth-making machine. Erode the credibility of the tobacco control myth-making machine. I had a lot more articles here. I had this one here from uh, the EU. False fears about vaping stopping smokers from using e-cigarettes. This is the UK reaffirming their position on far less harmful tobacco products. I had this here from the American Vaping Association about a Yale study that found that vaping flavors helps adults quit. I had uh, this one right here. I had, uh, let's see, this one right here. Yeah, Penn State Health News research suggests that adults, not just teens, like electronic cigarette flavors. I'm going to be posting all of these in the description of this video. This video will have the most links I've ever had in my life. Kathy, if you're not hip to snooze, ooh, get hip to snooze. Snooze rules. It's one of the things that CASA advocates for. Less harmful alternatives. I've used snooze a lot. I use snooze currently, not as much as I used to. I use it a lot on like uh, long distance flights, 
flying to places like New Zealand and Sweden and the United Kingdom and, uh, and you know, uh, Ireland or, you know, wherever I travel on the plane, snooze. Snooze, it's the way to go. Nope, it's not like dip. It's not like snuff. It is snooze. I, I don't have time to explain all of what snooze is. There's tobacco-based snooze. There is non-tobacco-based snooze. You can get, uh, what are those, on pouches that are literally just nicotine in a carrier. It's like a silica pack with nicotine, so there's not even any actually tobacco in it. You get a steady stream of nicotine. Snooze is actually becoming really, really popular in places like Africa. There's a lot I had I had to share. It's similar to dip. No, it's not similar to, is it similar to dip? It's not, is it similar to dip? Okay, apparently I have some stuff to learn about snooze too. Let's do a, I'm going to try to get as much information as I can about snooze and maybe next week on Tuesday Bro Tuesday, let's talk about snooze. I need to get educated more on snooze and I would like to get some information out there, uh, out there about snooze. Yeah, Hooked on Funk tried snooze on a trip to the Netherlands. Help me out there. Yeah, it definitely does. It definitely, definitely does. We're going to finish up this here Tuesday, bro, Tuesday. We're going to end this with some super chats. So I appreciate you guys coming out here, listening to me rant and rave. I just got, uh, I got so worked up doing, gathering articles for this. Um, Everything that I talked about today, I've had these all bookmarked. I have one big bookmark folder on my Chrome browser that just is called 510. And anything that I run across from the world of vaping, tobacco control, tobacco harm reduction, it all gets organized and cataloged there. And so I grabbed some of my favorite things that I love putting out there, like, uh, like this one. CDC's coronavirus failure was predicted by its VAPI response. Yeah, this is from Leafly, and they just tear into the CDC. Americans woke up this week to the startling realization that the U.S. Centers for Disease Control and Prevention, once a global gold standard in medical science, has been reduced to a gaggle of bungling bureaucrats. How do you not want to read an article that starts off like that? So, like I said, massive amounts of Links down in the description of this. We're going to end this Tuesday, bro, Tuesday with some super chats. Ian, what do you have to say? Trump wears a mask so he doesn't spray disinfectant everywhere. (laughs) What? Trump wears a mask so he doesn't spray disinfectant everywhere. Let me tell you, Trump gets tested all the time. Trump and everybody around Trump gets tested all the time, every day. And if you test positive, you get quarantined. That's just the facts of the matter. Wear a mask or you'll get power bombed. Watch out. Matt, see, Matt Sinister, he's going to power bomb you. I don't want to get power bombed by Matt Sinister. I can't think of anybody that does want to get power bombed by Matt Sinister. Honestly, truly, an Matt Sinister, if we had a wrestling ring and we had like a, a yo yo meetup and we had a wrestling ring, I would love, love to get power bombed by you. Love to get power bombed by you. Christopher Padufa. <laughs> Padufa, Padufa, uh, Casey, what? My wife chimed in. I cannot allow my husband to pronounce Louisville incorrectly. It's the name of bourbon. It's pronounced Louisville. There made you say it. You mean to tell me that I've been pronouncing Louisville wrong my entire life? Darling, light of my life. Louisville. All right. Look, I accept Louisville. Louisville. Is that like a regional dialect thing or is that like set in stone? This is how you pronounce it. 
I'd, I'd be interested. Louisville. Sorry, Louisville. Brad, Brad Rodu from Louisville. I'm probably saying Brad Rodu's name. It's probably not even Brad. It's probably Braid. Rowdu. Rowdow. <laughs> Louisville. Okay. Uh, Live in Hints. Wrapping up Christmas gifts and one of my many show postings. It's good to be the king. A good Tuesday, bro. Tuesday with good references. Wrapping up Christmas gifts and one of my many show postings. It's good to be the king. A good Tuesday, bro. Tuesday with good references. Living Hints, I am so confused right now. Are you really wrapping up Christmas gifts? You know it's July, right? You know it's July. Okay, Thomas Crow says it is set in stone. That's how you pronounce it. Louisville. Oh, I was pronouncing his name wrong. Brad Radu. Brad Radu. Son of a bitch. Someday I'm going to pronounce everything correctly. That day is obviously not today. Thank you, Danielle. Thank you, Pickle, for correcting me. Louisville and Radu. All right. Well, see, you live, you learn, you know? <laughs> Southern Comfort, Grim. We've been polite to these people for too long. What they're saying is a danger to public health. It's perjury. It's treasonous. Used to be punishable by death. Look, Southern Comfort, I so 100% agree with you. I 200% agree with you. I describe it as criminal. It is criminal, bro. Criminal what they're getting away with. Criminal what they're saying. The CDC needs to be held accountable. World Health Organization needs to be held accountable. All of these knee-jerk reaction politicians, Governor Gretchen Whitmer, Governor Andrew Cuomo, Charlie Baker, Gavin Newsom, Jay Inslee, who's the guy in Ohio? I don't even know. They all need to be held accountable. Everybody that perpetuated this vaping myth, this, this nonsense, American Heart Association, American Lung Association, dude, they all need to be held accountable. Southern Comfort, I appreciate you coming out. Thank you so much for being here, bro. And that, my friends, is where we are going to end this here Tuesday, bro, Tuesday. So I'll say this. Appreciate you guys coming out. I know things on Tuesday, bro, Tuesday sometimes get a little bit weird, a little bit loud, a little bit ranty, a little bit divisive. But remember, we're all in this together. I will defend your right to vape, whether or not we agree on things. I will defend your right to vape. I would encourage everybody watching if you want to get involved in the greater battle, get on Twitter, start a Twitter, start tweeting at people, follow me, follow Matt, follow the AVA. Follow, you know, I've put links in the descriptions before of, of lovely people to follow on Twitter. I'll post a link on, uh, uh, I got this thing. I just got this thing over here. You know, if we're going to look at grimgreen.com again, right here, THR advocacy links and information. This is a huge list of lots and lots and lots and lots of links. Lots and lots and lots and lots of links uh, to a lot of the stuff I talked about today. Lots and lots and lots and lots of media. Uh, you can post these on Twitter. Uh, what CBS this morning said about vaping, what the New York Times has said about vaping, what uh, NBC News has said about vaping. There's a lot of things, what trusted health organizations have said about vaping, uh, MSA, Google Master Settlement Agreement, vaping hysteria, separating facts from fiction. I tried to put a lot of information on here. This is my favorite one. Number of people who drowned compared to number of people who fell, number of people who drowned by falling into a pool compared to uh, films Nicolas Cage appeared in. Yeah, and correlation does not always equal causation. I thought I had a large group of uh, who you should follow on Twitter on here, but I definitely don't. I apologize. I'll try to get some links 
for people to follow on Twitter, but get involved, be part of the solution, get out there, make your voices heard. You know, we have to discredit the myth-making machine. We have to hold these organizations accountable for their actions, for their just straight up lies, just straight up lies. Anyway, that's where we're going to go ahead and end this Tuesday, bro Tuesday. Thank you guys. Seriously, so much, so much for coming out, listening to me rant. I'll say this, be excellent to each other, respect each other. Let's keep on vaping you guys. Peace out.